Welcome back, Gothamites, to our latest episode of the Batmanathon. This time we've got 1995's Batman Forever, starring Val Kilmer now as Batman, Chris O'Donnell as Robin, Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face, and Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Um, it's kind of there is quite the trend that these that the live-action Batman movies keep having kind of famous actors of the time kind of being Batman villains. So, I, I don't know, I always kind of thought that was funny. Like, in the next one, Batman and Robin, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Uma Thurman are uh, the next villains. So it's kind of like, okay, who's famous at the time? Okay, they're Batman villains, so we stay relevant. <laughs> Oh, so Batman Returns didn't make as much money as the studio wanted it to, so they fired uh, Tim Burton and brought on uh, Joel Schumacher. And so this is kind of where the Batman series took kind of a change in tone, because actually from 1989's Batman to Batman and Robin, so like Batman, Batman and Robin, or... Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin are all supposed to be one continuous uh, story, even though in those four movies, three different actors play Batman. Um, the actually only consistent actor is the guy that plays Alfred, I actually don't know his name. And so yeah, Joel Schumacher was brought on, um, Danny Elfman also left, which if you listen to my other episodes, you know how much I love that Batman score that Danny Elfman did. It's so good. Even just the music in the other parts of the movie too is just, it's amazing. And so it kind of loses me a bit there, unfortunately, because, um... Uh, they, they didn't get Elfman back. I mean, the music's okay. It's pretty solid for what it is, but it's not Elfman, unfortunately. So like I said, Val Kilmer is Batman, and he's actually not that bad. He's actually a pr pretty good Batman. Um, I don't think he's better than uh, Keaton. I don't think he's better than uh, Adam West. I think it's kind of hard to compare Adam West to this kind of Batman, though. Val Kilmer. So the plot essentially follows um, Two-Face, who is played by Tommy Lee Jones, and we'll get to that later. It, um, it's about kind of like, so Batman's like following Two-Face, because Two-Face is running amok, and Edward Nigma, played by Jim Carrey, becomes the Riddler. Um, Nicole Kidman's is also in this movie. She plays a therapist character who is romantically interested in Batman. Not Bruce Wayne, but Batman himself. It plays off kind of odd. And then uh, Robin, played by Chris O'Donnell. Um, his parents are killed, and so Batman adopts him, uh, and then he becomes Robin. Um, and so, yeah, the movie's kind of standard Batman movie, uh, Batman and Robin trying to stop the good guys, or the, trying to stop the bad guys, so kind of back to Tommy Lee Jones' Two-Face, they got it wrong on 
everything. And I don't mean to say, oh, but in the comics it was this uh, inaccuracy. No, what I'm trying to say by that, because you really should be what kind of base all these characters off of kind of nothing but basic knowledge. Like, yeah, Batman's a guy that's dressed up as a bat and is rich. Two-Face is a guy that has, like, two personalities. Like, you should only have to know that about the characters and still get them. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say that if you read the comics, you'll get Two-Face's character and actually makes uh, less sense. But the way that Tommy Lee Jones portrays him is so comical that even the actors from the 1960s Batman would go, hey, tone it down, you're kind of overacting a bit there. It is so over the top. Not the most over the top um, in, as far as Batman movies goes, and that's unfortunately going to be our next episode, but that's, that's going to be some pain for another day. Um, and then it's just really bad casting of really Tommy Lee Jones. I mean, the guy only really plays, like, good guys. He plays kind of like... He plays pretty similar characters by the book, like, police or authority figures. Who thought it would be a good idea to make that guy Two-Face? He just doesn't portray it well. Getting on to our second villain, because that's kind of becoming a reoccurring trend in Batman movies, is they have to have two villains is Jim Carrey uh, playing the Riddler, and I love Jim Carrey. Um, I don't exactly love all his work, it's kind of hit, hit or miss, but he will always be the best part of anything he's in, and he is just a darling, and he eats up this role. Um, not that it's amazing or anything, I definitely wouldn't say it's like better than Jack Nicholson's uh, Joker performance, but it is entertaining, and your eyes are glued to the screen anytime he's on it. Um, so he's great, and the movie is visually entertaining, really. Um, a lot of kind of bright colors, um, a lot of kind of stuff going on, not a lot of moments to rest. That's not really a good thing or a bad thing. That's kind of how I felt about this, uh, this one. There wasn't any point where I was like, ugh, this is a bad movie, or I went, oh, this is a pretty good movie. Because it's really not. It's not a good movie, and it's not a bad movie. And not just because it's actually mediocre, just because it has some good things going for it, but then has some bad things going against those good things. That's kind of like the other way a movie can be uh, mediocre. Um... And yeah, so they introduce Robin in this one, too. Again, played by Chris O'Donnell. Um, and I don't know. <laughs> I know that's probably, like, not a great way to describe something, but... I mean, they set him up, right? Like, his parents are killed. And then Batman, like, adopts him. But he's really rebellious, and angsty and edgy he's on motorcycles a lot he has like earrings i think they were really trying to kind of appeal to the edgy teenagers of the mid 90s 
because there's a fair amount of kind of mid-90s rock music, like alternative rock played in this, and my word, it sticks out like a sore thumb. So I think that they were just kind of trying to target that demographic of people. So yeah, and Nicole Kidman plays the love interest who I said she's into Batman in a sensual way. It's it's kind of weird. They kind of step away from it like as the movie pr- progresses and she just kind of starts getting into Bruce Wayne. But I just don't like her character, not just because of the fact that I stated beforehand, just because having a romantic interest in this one didn't feel necessary. In Bat in 1989 Batman, we kind of like got to know the character of Bruce Wayne better through Vicky Vale, and actually it was kind of part of Joker's motivation too, even though I really kind of, I didn't like that about it. Um, she was pivotal to the plot. You could take, you if you took her out, the movie would be different. Um, and different in a way that like the plot and the ending, it, it, like, it would have ended differently. In Batman Returns, the love interest was Catwoman, and they actually had a really good dynamic going back and forth. Like, do they kind of give in to loving each other, or do they kind of, like, fulfill the duties that they have? In this, they kind of just give a a love interest to give him one. There's not really a point. He doesn't actually do anything. I I don't know. And there's a lot of bad one-liners in this. The opening line of the movie is... Batman is like suiting up and he's got the Batmobile ready to go and Alfred says um something like uh can I make you a sandwich before you leave sir and Batman goes no thanks I'll get drive through <sighs> kind of prepares you for the movie you're about to see an opening scene if anyone listening is a future or potential filmmaker an opening scene can make or break your movie just as much as an ending can because you are telling your audience what kind of movie they're in for in the opening scene I'll get drive through yeah so overall it was just kind of a step back. Burton kind of had this idea that he knew that Batman could be taken in a dark direction, and from the success of Batman 1989, and even Batman Returns, he saw that success. Unfortunately, the studio didn't see that, and they brought on Joel Schumacher, a guy that really didn't understand Batman as well. He probably looked more at the 1966 version and said, let's do more of that. So this feels more like a step back. Like we're going back to the 1966 uh, Batman era. And for some things it works, but others it doesn't. But I think a lot of people, including myself, I mean, I kind of wish Tim Burton came back and just directed this. I feel like he would have made some changes, like maybe cut out the love interest and cut out Two-Face entirely. Because, take away those characters, focus more on Robin, Riddler, and Batman, and you'd actually have a pretty solid, if not good, movie. So, it's kind of unfortunate to see that there were some neat ideas here that just kind of didn't go anywhere. But, 
overall, I give Batman a 5 out of 10 for me- er, I give Batman Forever a 5 out of 10 for Mediocre. Not a good movie, not a bad movie, it's a movie. Hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Batmanathon. We have Batman and Robin coming up next, which I can almost assure you will be the worst Batman movie reviewed on this, so stick around for that. We'll be ripping that one apart. It's going to be fun. Um, as always, uh, subscribe to whatever you're listening from. Uh, kind of let your friends and family know if you think uh, they'd enjoy listening to me rant on about movies and Batman as of now. Um, as always, thanks. Thanks.